Welcome to Publish Me, a monthly podcast series from the AS21 Podcast Network, where we explore the publishing process of the fantasy epic, The Will of the Magi. I'm your host, Keith F. Shovlin, publisher and chief creative of AS21 Publishing, and joining me as always is... Hello everyone, this is Paul Dickinson Russell, the author of The Will of the Magi. I hope everyone has been enjoying their May so far, and the final start of spring and some actual warmth. Yes, indeed. Of course, down here in D.C., we've had a bit more warmth than we've expected. I mean, we had 80-degree days in February this year. It's almost as if the climate is changing, but I'm not going to get into that. No, 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 no. We can't get into that. <laughs> yeah. I must also first say we unfortunately are not joined this month by the talented Rana Gaynor, our cover designer. She was unable to make it this month, but we will move forward without her. Hopefully, you've all had a chance to see her wonderful uh, cover design. We released it from AS21 just a few short weeks ago. And she also was at attendance at our Kensington Day of the Book event, and she'll be with us at the Gaithersburg Book Festival on May 20th, where we hope to have prints of her cover art available, and she'll be signing. And then after that, we hope to be making an appearance at Virginia Comic Con with her later in the year. So oh, lots very of good opportunities to see Rana. So, Paul, do you have any updates for us for this May 2017? Oh, I did just hear back, and Corey has finished reading the second third yes. of The Will of the Magi. I will be dispatching the final third to him shortly, and we will then be able to fully commence on the editing of The Will of the Magi. Yes. Um, I've also heard uh, from a few of my, I'm going to call them captive beta readers at this point, because I've been you know, trapping them in online discussions until they work on reading my book. Lots of very good things to hear. I will say that uh, it looks like I need to start paying my mother for marketing campaigns uh, <laughs> at this point because she just spent two weeks abroad in Europe and every couple of hours would be a picture of her reading what she has of my manuscript. Nice. You know, and, you know, it's like, Reading a very good book right now, and all kinds of wonderful things like that. And yeah. uh, I'm going to have to talk with her about these marketing campaigns and marketing blitzes of hers. <laughs> yeah, you're going to blow our budget. <laughs> yeah, I know. Going across it's... Europe. Yeah, Christine Mercer <laughs> told us to stick to the Midwest. We're not going. We're not ready for Europe. <laughs> well, looks like we're going to Europe anyway. We're oh. taking by storm. Oh, they'll love you in Antwerp. <laughs> uh, yes, we did have. Corey shared on April 26th on Twitter, I'm discovering new plot twists in every chapter now. The pace is picking up. <laughs> so he's been enjoying it. I believe he said chapter 12 particularly really grabbed his attention. So yep. good things to look forward to, people. Woohoo! All right. So, okay. So we have the cover design. We have the beta readings commencing. The editing is commencing. So we are on target for a release this summer. Which, of course, means, and I hate to say this, we're coming towards the end of this podcast series. No! As currently scripted, we are due to wrap this whole sucker up by September 7th is when we are currently scheduled to be completing 
this podcast series. That's, of course, if everything goes well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is, we have a paid account through Podomatic, so every single episode of this series, this is chapter 26. So going back 26 chapters, 12 footnotes, a title page, and a front cover, all of that will be up there for anyone to be able to go out and enjoy. Of course, you can find our podcast hosted by Podomatic on its Apple Podcasts now, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. They've rebranded Stitcher Radio, Google Play, YouTube, TuneIn, and our home on the web, media.as21.com. Now, please forgive me. I have a bit of a frog in the throat. I named him Larry. We get along famously. <laughs> so this this episode, the May 2017 edition, is the bookstore events we have on today. A pair of guests from Walls of Books in Washington, D.C., Pablo Sierra and Karen Coca, joining us shortly. Just some other quick things to go over. So, yes, everything is moving along with release. We will be printing through lulu.com, paperback and hardcover. Those books will be available this summer. I would also like to say thank you to all the new listeners that have been joining us. Last month's episode, which was Chapter 25, Editing and Cover Design Update, where we had Editor-in-Chief Corey Parker joining us, is our most listened-to episode across the two-plus years that we've been having this podcast. It almost doubles the numbers that for the previous high. That was way back in July of 2015, our first guest episode where we had author Phil Sipkov and cover designer Rebecca Head talking about the Magnus and the Maiden and building a fantasy story. That was our previous high. Last month's episode has now nearly doubled that in listenership. And we are so grateful that so many new listeners have joined us. Hopefully we'll get just as high numbers with this one. And that will lead to myriad success for everyone involved. Woohoo! So thank you all to all the new listeners that have joined us. Now, this month's episode is brought to you by Walls of Books of Washington, D.C. That's wallsofbooksdc.com. Find them on Facebook. It is the community used bookstore in the Petworth and Parkview neighborhood in D.C. Events all the time. Great people. Great books. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on a truly fantastic community, veteran-owned, independent bookstore in D.C., Walls of Books, D.C. You can have your politics and prose. And you can have your more eclectic ones like the Capitol Hill River Bee Books. But for a good community bookstore in the heart of our nation's capital, stop by Walls of Books, D.C. on Georgia Avenue, not far from the Howard University campus. Okay, now in this Chapter 26, May 2017 edition of the Publish Me Podcast, we are privileged and thankful to welcome our guests today, Pablo Sierra and Karen Coca of Walls of Books in Washington, D.C., I did pronounce that right, didn't I? Yes, you did. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) We've had a lot of opportunities to work with Pablo and Karen over the past year or so, different events at Walls of Books, and we thought it was a good time to have them on to talk about some wonderful bookstore events, some good things and bad things that might happen, and so on and so forth. So welcome, Pablo and Karen. Thank you for joining us this month. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, 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 it's pretty cool. All right. Now, we've had... From memory serves, five or six different events with you guys over the past year. Wow. That's amazing. That sounds about <laughs> right. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, yeah okay. We, we had launch party for Hive First Contact in print last spring. We had the AS21 annual launch party in October. We had two events for Michael Judkins. And then <laughs> we had the print launch party for Dating as Told by the Mon Horror by Eileen Vega. 
And we'll be back here with you guys next Saturday for the AS21 birthday extravaganza. Can't have too much bookstore fun, man. <laughs> it's well, too crazy. Well, we're bringing food, so look out. <laughs> <laughs> food and books. What's better than that? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. some beer, some wine. <laughs> Some libations for Some sure. libations. <laughs> How long have you guys been open now? It's been just over a year, hasn't it? We are at uh, how many months? 14? 13? A year and a half. A year and a half. Okay. We opened January 2016. Oh, fantastic. And of course, you're fortunate to be in what's considered the most literate city in America. Despite the fact that there are no large bookstore chains, but it's all the indies. Yeah, DC. yeah. Well, and Amazon is coming to Georgetown uh, sooner or later. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Paul just shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, no. I, yeah. I love my bookstores, but, you know, Amazon, it can stay online. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll visit the Amazon bookstore. Yeah, you know, yeah. you got you got to at least check out the competition. You got to check it out. <laughs> you got to check it out. Yeah. No, don't, no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I read that and I've been following every store they've been opening and they've been talking about, oh, we want to go into neighborhoods where there aren't a strong indie bookstore market. Like then you go to Dedham, Massachusetts, and there's a, like a book indie bookstore two blocks away from where yeah, they open. Like right, yeah, yeah. They just <laughs> actions speak loud in words type stuff. So. Yeah, and, but you do have a lot of indie competition in DC. You got politics and pro. you do, yeah. You got up your yeah. street, just up the street. Yeah, and you know, like you said, I think we are for we are fortunate to um, be in the most literate, you know, whatever that means, really, the most <laughs> literate city in the world. Uh, whoever whoever wrote that, but um, that uh, that's a big deal, obviously, for being a bookstore, right? So uh, yeah, I I um, we are fortunate for that, and I think um, uh, we have yet even to capitalize. Us personally, as as Walls of Books, have yet even to really capitalize on on that uh, market. You know what I mean? It's just, it's um, it's a blessing that to to have that opportunity to do that, and so it's on us. It's incumbent on us to to really uh, capitalize on that. Yeah. Now, Walls of Books is a chain itself, but it's it, but you are, I and mean, you guys, your store is a community bookstore. It's you guys live and breathe Petworth and Parkview. Uh, and Parkview, Parkview is of course, yes. yep. yep. We do. I mean, it's so yes. So just to give a little background, Walls of Books is a franchise uh, uh, based out, uh, headquartered out of Georgia. Mm -hmm. There's uh, between 10 and 15 Walls of Books throughout the country, mainly in the South and Midwest. So you're talking Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Kansas, Ohio. Uh, we are, um, if I remember correctly, we are the first in a sort in in a serious metropolitan urban environment, right? Mm -hmm. And so. Not only are we the first in the metropolitan urban environment, but that environment being the most literate city in the world. Type stuff. Yeah. So it's it's pretty. We are very very fortunate um, for that. So uh, though it's a franchise, it's you know a bookstore franchise. I mean, I could talk all day about this, but I think a bookstore franchise is really it's almost an oxymoron in that you know a franchise already says that you have standard operating procedures. You're you're a McDonald's. You do the, every every McDonald's you go to in the world. With some tweaks, maybe in Moscow or someplace, but every McDonald's in the world mm -hmm. is the same. You, you know what you're going to get, type of stuff. Right. But uh, as far as a franchise, but a bookstore, in a especially a community bookstore, in order to be successful, you can't really operate that way. I think, right? You need to sort of 
adapt to the community you are in. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we wouldn't we would be a different bookstore in Georgetown. We would be a different bookstore in Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we are we came in here sort of fresh and then the community begins molding you in a lot of different ways. Obviously, from the community, uh, people that come through, but also because we have a trade-in program. So being a used bookstore, you can bring in books, uh, get store credit for those books, and then uh, use that store credit towards a portion of the books within the store. But that in itself automatically says that the people that are bringing in the books it represent, you know, if you go into anyone's house and you see their bookcase, you're basically looking at this person's soul, right? right. And so when people bring us their books to trade for store credit, they're basically bringing us themselves. And that's a big, resp- you know, I think, I don't know if people really understand. That's, I take it as a big responsibility. You know, people are saying, you know, this is, this is me and I'm trading this in to get more of me differently, you know, and that's a big deal. And then, you know, over time, the bookstore itself, because of that inventory trading program, begins literally looking like the community that it's in mm-hmm. because it's the books that people have brought in. So it's a it's a fascinating um, it's a fascinating relationship of a franchise with the standard operating procedures, but with the bookstore portion of it, you know, right. Well, and another way you became a vital part of the community is the type of events that you hold. Yeah. Another thing that needs to be molded, you know, if we that needs that you need to know who is around and who what the community, not what they not what really not what you want, but what the community wants and what the community needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, you know, I could I could say, hey, I just want comic book stuff all the time. But I'd be, you know, we'd be broke because maybe maybe no one in the community wants that. It's really about listening to what the community wants and needs and, and then structuring not just the inventory around that, but the, uh, the programs and events. So our community is a lot of children, uh, a lot of young families. Our community is interesting. I, I, again, I could talk very, very long about uh, our community and, and the changes that it's going through and the fence straddling that it's doing between being fully gentrified and not. You know, all those things. But that in itself is a conversation. And that conversation needs to happen in a space and where is that space going to be? And um, and we hope to be that space that those conversations can happen and people can come in uh, on, on both sides of the equation to really hash out uh, not just the challenges, but also the opportunities that, that a lot of those things present. You guys, I'm also seeing that you guys are the guide to stuff, all these events. You guys are guiding the soul of your community to its next step. You're not just harboring the oh, souls God. of everyone. <laughs> 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 Oh, please, no, no. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be guiding that. No, no, no. Books, yes. Books, yes. I mean, you're saying that you were, you know, everyone's trading in a part of their soul here. You're, they're trading in where they got their next great idea. They're trading in all this stuff to you. And part of your job, I assume, is, you know, figuring out, all right, I just, we just got, you know, a hundred books on these two topics, we have, we should order some more books to sell. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're going to look through books that fit those topics. And you're, you're like, all right, we can sell these ones, but I don't think these ones suit our community very well. So you guys are guiding in that sense. You're guiding what you're uh, putting into the community. Now, whether the community brings it in from elsewhere, that's, you know, that's up to the community, but you guys are that 
I guess if we're going to go with, you know, not guiding the soul, I guess we want to go a different route. You know, the shaman. What other euphemism can you come up with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. No, no, no. I, you know what? As much as I joke around and as much as I, I, I reluctantly want to admit that, I, I think you're correct, right? And I think that is the sort of responsibility that any any it's tough i think that sort of responsibility that any bookstore as well as newspapers and any news outlets you know you want to provide as much information as possible but you know that whatever information you provide that's what people are taking in and so it's incumbent upon them really to make the decisions but you know what i don't want to be too cynical but if you are you know if you want to do your certain way you can guide those thoughts in a certain way and the responsibility is you know, do I really want to do it? I, I, we don't, but you're right. You're right, and it's a it's a tough it's a tough call. You know, in all honesty, if people brought in, we live in a blue co- in a blue not a blue car but a blue city, right? So, mm-hmm. if a lot of people brought in Trump books, we would be like, oh boy, you know <laughs> what? We, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would I, I'm not gonna lie, I would be physically thinking, constantly thinking, you know what? We can't put these books out. People will burn this place down. Well, you don't you understand know? why uh, people would want them out of their house, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's and that's a good that's a good point too. So you're right. I mean, we do we we straddle that responsibility as to where do you want to guide people as opposed to what structures do you put in place so that they can find their own path towards some sort of idea. You know. Mm-hmm. Talking more about the event. So now you have, every week you have a story time for children, right? We do. Wednesdays at 11. Okay. And then every other Saturday as well. Oh, okay. Okay. But then do you have any, is that the only events that regularly are geared towards children? Or do you have anything? Yes. They are our most secure (laughs) programming. It doesn't really change. We have two amazing storytellers, and so when one's not available, the other one's able to fill in for mm-hmm. um, the other one. So it ends up working out that we can um, have this very regularly. And then outside of that, we've had a couple of children's authors um, share their books, yeah. uh, do some book signings, and read um, their stories. And I think we, we definitely want to continue doing that. We do. We're, um, I think, you know, going back to the storytellers that we have, you know, it's you know, when you open up anything, when you start a business, you pray that people will come out of the woodwork to help you out, right? Mm-hmm. And we have been really, really blessed by having, I, I really think, the two best storytellers in the district. Paige and John, uh, John Ray. Paige's last name? O'Malley. Paige O'Malley. Paige O'Malley and John Ray, I think, are just, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of the Pied Piper. I mean, when they start uh, singing and doing a whole bunch of stuff, kids just come out of Every, every place and you know even on facebook and the videos that we have i mean we've really been um really been lucky that they that they reached out to us really because i had no idea i mean i had no idea about children's programs so they reached out to us and they they give great um, shows for the kids and stuff like that and so um and even the parents and even the parents are like and man the these guys are fantastic <laughs> so um so we got that uh but i would say for the um for the children's book events uh, uh, it's just a learning experience uh, for me, at least. 
one the timing, right? Some kids take naps at 11. Some kids take naps at 12. So when do you have a book reading for children? Mm-hmm. How old should the children be for the certain book? You know, I don't know. I know I should read the children's books beforehand. And I, and a lot of times I try to, but I don't really know a lot of the age group. So a lot of my inexperience sort of comes out in these mistakes for children's book events where maybe the book is too old for the kid or maybe it's too young. So I, I'm definitely learning to, to schedule that a little bit better. And, and, and know what's going on. But it's it's something that we need to, I feel that it's it's needed in this, in this community as a space for kids to hear. Right. Okay. And so those are the relatively, the easier events, is the kids' events. So then then we have to deal with the adult events <laughs> or or the, I'm not necessarily adult, well, in the case I'm mega <laughs> definitely adult. But <laughs> is this Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, the, the more general audience events. Mm-hmm. I know we've had some events with you guys that haven't been the most successful, and, but we've had some that have, that have done pretty well. So we're hoping that our next event, our birthday party, goes pretty well with you guys, of course. I, I agree with you. I think, again, part of the learning process of, one, how do we market unknown writers in an unknown store, right? I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. You know, we're we're fairly new, and I think the writers are fairly new, and so I, I need to figure out, or all of us need to figure out a little bit better how how to market that a little bit better to get those those things in. You know, if I had the sort of built-in audience or built-in sort of um, foot traffic, it, it would be a little bit easier because they'd already be coming in and be like, oh, there, there's something going on. But uh, you know, you and I are, I think, are are, are and one of the reasons why I like partnering with you guys because you're like we all, we're all in this together. You know, we're all trying to. On your side, you're trying to make the writers famous. On our side, we're trying to make the business famous, and together we're trying to make each other famous. And and that's a big deal for me. And I and I appreciate that. You know, that's um, you know, we're 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 all in this. We all have skin in the game, and we're trying to be better at it. It's it's uh it's important to me. So, I think the the things that haven't been successful are just sort of things that we've learned from. Let's let's check the weather. You know, it, rain oh, makes yes. a big deal, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, rain makes a big deal when uh, uh, when you're dealing with two unknowns. You know, the unknown store and the unknown writer, and so it's there's a lot of things, uh, and I think it's just the grind that we have to go through to make it work. Yeah, and then of course our ongoing war against Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just sort of the uh, name that should not be mentioned. Okay. Yeah. All right. We we won't from now on. Okay. <laughs> all right. So just looking now. No, no it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at the variety of events you've had over the past year and a half, what would you say? Just kind of best practices. What if you're preparing to do a bookstore event? What are the key things you need to keep in mind beforehand? I think planning ahead is something that, (laughs) you know, we've come to realize the importance of it and planning just, you know, with ample time and um, ample notice so that folks, folks here specifically, I think in the city, they like to be, they they do their their agendas with so much you know notice. So if they want to attend mm-hmm. something, you know that it's you have to be first on their agenda. Otherwise, they're booked. Mm-hmm. So I feel that preparing ahead of time is good. Also, sharing through all social media a lot. Mm-hmm. That is very powerful, and we've we we're learning still how to better better do that. But even the importance of hashtags. 
how to re- that really attracts different um, populations and even if they're funny or um, I don't know there's some there's big big power in hashtags and I think in terms of adult events specifically having snacks and wine they end up drawing good crowds people will show up if you mention free wine and snacks Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll stay longer too (laughs) yeah yeah i think like karen said i think the i'll tack on to the social media part or just the marketing part i think getting in early is is one thing but then as the event gets closer, and this is very tactical that I'm talking about. As the event gets closer, almost posting all the time diff- something different. And I feel like we don't do that, one. I, I don't do that, one, because it's a lot of work, right? You know, mm-hmm. now you're talking about creating new content for something this, that's the same each time. But uh, I, I feel like when people are checking their feeds or they're checking their, their email, we're seeing – something different that has the same message or if that makes any sense over and over again says oh well, yeah I, I i that is something i want to go see and that's something new i've heard about that so i'll go i'll go over there uh you know I, the there is something to be said for like old school flyers and, and stuff like that but uh you know people are on the metro they're going through their stuff very quickly you know with the phone uh so getting there early and often uh I think is important, but it's, but that's work. I mean, I, I don't think people realize how much work that is when you're doing so many other things, mm-hmm. you know, to create new content consistently over time for the same event is, is a lot of stuff. It's a full-time so job, right? It's a there. full-time yeah. job to do that. So that, that's a lot of work. So that's, that's just getting people aware that an event is happening. Uh, what the content is to, to make them come in here. Wine, obviously that Karen said always gets people to come in the book itself. I'm trying to think, we talked about weather, and we can't really do anything about weather. I mean, once you book something, you really don't know how the weather's going to be, so that's sort of out of your control. Right. I do recall we did have, there was another event that I didn't mention, because I kind of forgot about it, where we had one of our authors in, and unfortunately, I don't know why, our author just didn't seem to want to perform. He just <laughs> wanted to sit in the chair, and if people came up to talk to him, he would he would maybe turn and pit look at them but he just wanted He's a writer. To, yeah he just wanted to sit and drink coffee <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't remember that one maybe because i was probably sitting drinking coffee with him yeah. and we were both very content so these days i mean it's everything is a show yeah so, everything's a show yeah, yeah so what's one of the horrors of work <laughs> all industries at this point is that you are the clown on the stage. You're the monkey in the cage and everyone's <laughs> staring at you. You know, yeah. I work with kids 24 seven. I'm constantly performing. <laughs> awful. So are, you're saying adults are just grown kids. Of course. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, so let's take today, for example, I'm a yeah. gun instructor, you know, so I am working with six year olds to 46 year olds. <laughs> And the same thing works for both groups. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, you're killing me, man. <laughs> that, that reminds yeah. me of a story I heard when they were making the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. They had to yell at Chris Pratt because every time he'd be shooting his pistol, he'd be going pew, pew, pew. And I, no, no, Chris, <laughs> stop. We, we can see you making the sound and we'll, we'll put it in in post. <laughs> 
We'll <laughs> just stick to the lines. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's you guys have all these different events when you come to your bookstore. So, I mean, it's always trying to figure out from how I'm seeing it, it's just trying to figure out what kind of performer you need to attract your audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, dealing with what audience do you have is always the really entertaining question. It just in terms of, you know, dealing with the events I have got to overhear and view via social media with the with these guys, you know, Hive First Contact is definitely going to have a very different group than dating told by a modern whore, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, and one of those groups is going to show up in mass and you have no idea which one it's going to be, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. which is always entertaining, but yeah. it's it's yeah it's tough i mean it's yeah i don't know i mean i really don't know what what we're doing here (laughs) because you're you're right it's you know you have the different audiences uh for the different books and then to tap into those audiences to make sure that they come to the store you know one do those audiences live in the neighborhood two if they don't live in the neighborhood are they going to come all the way out here or in here into the district to uh to to those is it is it worth it to them? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, and then how are you, you know, going back to marketing, how do you sort of just go to them specifically and say, hey, Saturday at 7, it's here, or or Tuesday, it's here. You know, I, I there's so many different things to think about that uh, I, I don't know. You know, if we were a, a strictly genre store with one thing it would be so much easier mm-hmm. uh we don't have one thing to worry about but at that at that moment in time too we might be out of business faster because maybe no one wants that you know what i mean so it's it's tough well do you guys i mean how much feedback on your events do you get from your community if you're going through you know our earlier analogy of guiding the soul of your community you know however much responsibility that is you clear, you know, clearly you want the community giving you like we like we like this a lot, and this really didn't suit our yeah. taste so much. Or you know, if you have a bunch of stay-at-home moms, those probably are going to really enjoy the dating event, mm-hmm. but they don't want anyone to know that they're going. <laughs> we'll just turn the lights out and right. then have everyone come inside. It'll be a speakeasy. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. A bookstore speakeasy. That's a great idea. Bookstore speakeasy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm here all night. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, I I don't have I would say we don't ha- we don't really get a lot of feedback about about we, that. We haven't requested yeah. and we haven't received that that feedback which would uh, dictate a lot of the events that we would have, yeah. we would hold here. Um, I think we've done the other way around, where it, it's based on the event we're having. Then we try to find who is going to yeah. want to attend that, and um, so maybe we've been doing it the other way around. Yeah. But I think in certain cases it really works. Uh, like in February when we had uh, the writing workshop downtown. Yeah, yeah. When um, I don't know, AWP was downtown, a huge event in, in February. And we had a it was the entire week in February where each day was a different small publisher came in and brought the people that they, you know, were working with to do writings. But but they brought, you know, it wasn't our community that um, joined. Right. It was 
And so I think they, they brought their own people. I think a lot honest. of times so. um, when I think of successes we've had, it's because whoever we're partnering with, they really take a good hold. You know, they make it their mission to to tell their friends and their family, yeah. their networks so that the, the place ends up being or the event ends up being yeah. a really good success. Um, and so I think that that's a big indicator. It's it's um. I think there's a even a bigger fundamental issue here, issue challenge here that we have is just connecting with commu- with the community at large. You know, we're a bookstore, and so people come in and, and talk and, and things like that. But you know, we because the community is so diverse and so changing very quickly or not quickly, it's it's the, the it's, it, 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 we're almost should be a TV show because the challenge is. How do you get to the different parts of the community within the community? And, you know, whether you have gentrifiers, whether you have people that have been here a long time, whether you have new people that have been here, you know, there's so many things. And each one of them, they use different parts of social media. They use different parts of communicating. Mm -hmm. So to gain feedback on what they want, as we talked about early in the beginning, has one, it's been a mission of ours, but it's also been our biggest challenge. Right. Uh, just to do that. I think one of the things we've tried to have as part of our regular programming is a book club. And that book club, the the point of that book club is to bring the community together to talk about uh, D.C. in general, whatever D.C. politics, economics, the, the, the challenges that we have. And so we've had um, several different books based on urban development or novel that's based in D.C. to bring both newcomers and people that have been here a while to, to sit and talk about certain things with, within the context of a story or a nonfiction uh, piece. And we're learning a lot about that because some people like fiction, some people don't. It's just it could be a hot mess. Right. But um, but you're right. I mean, in that we we need better feedback from the community at large to know what sort of events that they want to have here. You know, you can say, you can say, Hey, we're going to have an open mic. And I think everyone, uh, everyone sort of assumes that open mics are awesome. And then you hold one and then like, no one shows up because you know, (laughs) no one really wants to have an open mic. So I don't know. Or then you get people that show up and then you get, you know, yodeling and stuff stuff that nobody wants to hear. So, right. It was like, man, is this guy drunk? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Now, and one thing that's DC has so many great independent bookstores, and you guys have your unique niche of being in Petworth and Parkview, and you are the used bookstore for that neighborhood. I mean, you do have Upshur Street just a little bit away, but they are a very curated bookstore, I'll say. And they're definitely not, they have new books, and they're trying to get bigger authors. And then, of course, you have politics and prose over on Connecticut Avenue. That's, of course, where you're going to have your po- political leaders and major thought leaders so you guys knowing that those exist you don't have to shoot for i mean it'd be nice if you can get elizabeth warren to bring her next book over to your store (laughs) but that's probably not going to happen but but there are still i mean i mean if muriel bowser the mayor wants to release a book your bookstore might be more in line yeah do you know, yeah. I really feel that we can have Barack here, our yes. former president. And, oh, he's your neighbor? You know, yeah. He is our neighbor. Um, Pablo is a veteran. <laughs> I think that he is would love a... to visit <laughs> a minority <laughs> veteran-owned, yeah, yeah. used independent bookstore. You know, I think that that speaks to a lot of, 
you know, the community building that he, you know, just his background. So I would not be surprised if that were to happen. It's interesting, <laughs> though. I, you know, I agree with you and and Karen, right? I mean, Elizabeth. Let, let's take take the Elizabeth Warren thing. I think, yeah, everyone knows about Elizabeth Warren, but I think if she came here, the community would be like, "Who's this?" Right? Yeah. They were. They really wouldn't. You know, maybe some of the gentrifiers and everybody would be like, oh, "Of course." Half you know? of the community. But I. But I think a, a Barack or or you know someone maybe you know differently than that. I, the entire community. Be, and and it's not because obviously he's the president of the United States, but I think they um, uh, there's a relation there, or a, a sense of relationship uh, going on there that uh, that I think we we can I don't know I I I, don't, I just feel like we when people come in here they they're happy they they come in here they're like we feel comfortable in here uh, you know the books are affordable uh, it might not be the newest book in the world but they're affordable and it's something I've wanted to read for a while. And, you know, I, I can do this. So, yeah, we're, yeah, you know, we don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we need the heavy hitters. Just like you said, we're, we're different. And uh, we each, everybody has their own spot in, in the city. Well, I think a lot of reason people come into your store happy is they can usually find parking since you guys have a, <laughs> <laughs> a Oh, man, no, let, let's not talk about parking in this uh, podcast. <laughs> okay, so, all right, so we talked about what goes into a good one, so. Now, you've had, obviously, there's been some bad events. Uh, and you can't control the weather. And people aren't going to go outside when it's raining. People aren't going to go outside when it's snowing. <laughs> you know. So, I mean, that stuff you can't control. Have there been events you've had where you've tried everything and it was just there was something you realized after the fact you missed that you wish you could have done over again? You know, I think one of your events... Let, let's take seating, for example. I think right. one of your events, we, I think Michael Judkins, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at our store, when you walk in and you look to the left, obviously you have that seating area. And we've always gone back and forth as to should we have, and this is simple stuff, right? Should we have right. the writer face out towards the, the store mm -hmm. or face in towards the other thing? And, and we, things we've experimented with, because what happens is I think with, with Michael, he was, his back was towards the door. And so when people would walk in, you wouldn't, you know, your natural inclination is like, what, who's that? <laughs> you know? yeah. And it would, it would, or it would just jack up everything. <laughs> right. So, you know, one of those things about seating, how do we, how do we, feng shui of yeah, how do we yes. feng shui the environment so that people, when people sit down, they're like, I'm in this, it's an intimate setting. Uh, they're not distracted so easily, uh, th that sort of stuff. So I think that's a really, uh, I mean, obviously, once they're in, how do we, how do we make them feel comfortable uh, being here and things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so having the back towards the door is not a good idea. Yeah, um, yeah. we learned from that. Next time yeah. Michael came, we put him against the wall. And we put him on the other side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that worked out um, well. What else? You know, it's it's really the logistics. That's an easy thing, I guess. The logistics of the store when we have food or stuff like that, it's always we're always trying to figure out the best way for people to move around and sit comfortably, and then be able to also get food and drinks and uh, um, and hear what's going on and not feel like they're being disruptive to the writer and, and the people that are listening. So that's always been a been a challenge for us uh, depending upon how much food there is depending on how many people there are but i think a lot of that is just a trial and error stuff and we'll, we'll eventually get there mm -hmm. 
uh, obviously, you know, what do people want? Uh, as Paul's talking about, I think that's a big deal. You know, we can't have. You don't want neo Nazis in here because that's mm. not going to. That, that might draw the wrong crowd, yeah, or both wrong crowds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I think yeah. if I if I can think of one event that just didn't go well, um, I think it had to do really entirely with with the with the author that wanted to come and share his his book. He had been sick that week and he almost <laughs> forgot really about the event. Um, even though, you know, we shared it on our social media and, um, you know, it was, it was there for everyone to see a friend of his saw it who, who frequents our bookstore and, and told him, Hey, I'm so excited. You're going to be here. And so he quickly like, changed like, his what? clothes and came <laughs> running. Yeah. But, um, you know, that to me, it, it just demonstrated the importance of who were, who the partner is. If, if it's an author, you know, that they have to be in their, on their A game. They have to be really ready and present um, and willing to, to do this and, and share, you know, on their end, everyone in, in their network. So I yeah. think um, that, that, that really comes to mind. Yeah, I've had the reverse of that. I, had a, I did a book tour back in 2012 and I booked this store down in Richmond. And I was getting, I booked it, and then I heard nothing from them, all right up until like a week <laughs> before the event when I, and it was you know still early on Facebook. I put together a Facebook event, and tagged them, and and then I got an email, who are you, and why did you <laughs> tag us? <laughs> I booked this two months ago. I I've had flyers and postcards printed up, and <laughs> sure enough, they had not written it down that I was coming. <laughs> And I ended up having to push it to the following day, and then nobody showed up. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That is my that's my my worst nightmare to to forget that we're hosting an event and that you know and it it ends up falling on our so pretty much it's all coming down to communication communication between the author and the bookstore communication between the author and the customer the bookstore and the customer. Uh, yeah. the, the the reading audience, the community, communicate, and then yeah. hopefully you'll sell some books. And then hopefully, throw <laughs> <laughs> some luck in there. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Fingers no, crossed. Maybe you'll sell a couple. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good. I think you know, me, being new to just the entire industry, managing those expectations. You're right. Is is a big deal. I don't know. You know, I, I feel terrible when a writer comes here and. You know, for three hours, it's just me and the writer looking at each other, uh, like, "Hey, so you wrote a book, huh? What's going on?" You know what I mean? Like, like, and I feel like personally, like, you know, because it's our it's our store, and it's almost it's it's our second home, and so it's you're inviting someone into your home to share a piece of themselves, and you want that to be successful, uh, and so when it's not, uh, it's personal, <laughs> you know. So yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, you know, with us writers, if we go into this game expecting success all the time, (laughs) we are in the wrong business. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, all right, I guess. The writer who comes to you and is upset because everything didn't go their way, (laughs) they need that event more often in their life. On a couple pegs. That's a person that isn't that is something else and just got into writing. Right. <laughs> so, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're, yeah, I mean, that's a 
you know, the rock star who's now written a book <laughs> or the, you know, the Debbie Tom <laughs> with the tell like all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- those people. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, the people that are supposed to, you know, should generate their own buzz. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Still. It's a long three hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why every writer has a flask. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we like writers. Exactly. They, they, they share. They share. That's yeah, why I yeah. usually book events for two hours, too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We save that last hour for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I feel like we're just we're, – we're constantly learning, obviously, mm-hmm. since we're so new about what works, what doesn't work. And a lot of times we don't know because then we think, you know, is this is this normal? And, uh, yeah. you know, I, it, it really is, is about the grind and, and the grit of getting it through, um, you know, our I, every time I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, which is a lot. I, I constantly go back to the mission of the store, which is one being a community partner and two being a platform for writers in general. And so when I feel like we're not doing that. When we're talking three hours, just me and the other person, I have to remind ourselves, you know what, let's just keep moving forward with this, figuring it out, because eventually something will happen mm-hmm. uh, if, if we just keep moving forward. And that's why, you know, it's just, it's exciting and scary at the same time type of stuff. Right. And, then, and then there's a beer garden right next door, so if things go really bad, we'll just go right next door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, it, it, it's not, it's never that bad, you know? <laughs> At least it hasn't been yet, so. It hasn't been yet, yet, but we can always go next door. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, thank you very much. We've been, I think we've taken up enough of your time. So just for those, anyone in the Washington, D.C. area, we highly recommend you stop by the wonderful Walls of Books in the Petworth neighborhood on Georgia Avenue. Other than, obviously, the Ace Tony on Birthday Extravaganza this weekend, what other events do you have coming up? Uh, any kind of specials you have going on? big things we this week was really packed for us actually we're pretty on a on a high we had a really great event on thursday with different latino authors who shared in spanish everything from poetry children's book things on politics so uh that was something that turned out to be really great and we hope to do that again later on in the summertime and we also had a first Friday event where the specific community here of Parkview was 12 different businesses opened their stores and had different specials and, and they and oh, yeah, everyone yeah. showed up. So that was a really yeah. excellent. I think that's a lesson for us, you know, coordinating efforts with other community organizations. You know, what, Keith, I, w- I would say that is a huge that was that's a huge deal. If we can sort of coordinate both you guys the, the businesses and us together, that was a, a huge success. And I think, you know, that brings a, a market that already reads a lot of the stuff that uh, you guys already published and, and things like that into the store. So we should probably talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're learning. Yeah, we're we learning. learning and trying new yeah. things for sure. Because there's a lot of people <laughs> that want to help out and there's a lot of people that want to partner and uh, tapping into that stuff is, is really good. But for next Wednesday, May 10th, at 6.30, we have an author, uh, Jorge Argueta, who's going to share. It's a memoir in the fashion of, of poems, so and it's bilingual. So that should be really exciting. Uh, he's going to share about his experience uh, during the war and, um, in El Salvador. Oh, cool. And being exiled. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, with the first Friday, another bookstore we work with out in Leesburg, Virginia, they have, Leesburg does, has been doing a first Friday thing for years now. And yeah. Although their bookstore sits a little bit off of their shopping district, 
they try to have one or two authors every time and they usually pull people over especially since they're right across the street from the parking garage but uh oh all right so yeah, yeah that's something that's worked well for them yeah. focusing their events around that first friday yeah and building off of it so I'm glad to hear Parkview is doing that as well now. I mean, I've, I've seen that work yeah, in a lot first. of places. It was the first first Friday, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and doing it on Cinco de Mayo, no less. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot about that, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. No, no, Keith, we're really looking forward. I, I remember, and just to, I know we're, we're probably running long, but... Um, that's fine. I, uh, you know, when you first came in and, and we talked about, you know, partnering, that was a, I, that was a big deal for me because uh, it was, you know, like I said, it was part of the mission and, and vision of the store. Uh, so uh, I really appreciate, you know, we've got a shelf for you guys. You come in, you've been consistent and uh, it's been, I, I think, a great partnership uh, so far. And so I'm really looking forward to a, a lot of other events with you guys. So, Well, I got to tell you, when I started up this company, the, the goal was to find a store that I could partner with like you guys. I mean, I mean, I have, we've had events at bookstores all across the DC area and all the way down to Richmond. And it's just all trying to find the level of partnership yeah. that we've been able to achieve. And there's certain bookstores that like your location, your, what you guys offer and what we've been able to do working with you guys. It's just been an absolutely perfect yeah. collection of everything. I mean, I, I love work going out to Leesburg, but people aren't just driving out to Leesburg for yeah, book events. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a kind of a town thing. So having the first Friday is a necessity. The stores in Maryland closed down. So that's completely <laughs> out of the question. Yeah. And, sure. And then like we worked with a bookstore in Falls Church and they want to charge us $175 to host an event. So. What? Oh, man. But wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Keith, man, where are you man? <laughs> we'll we'll take ninety nine. We'll take ninety nine. <laughs> no, 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 I should have I should have kept quiet about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You guys are free. <laughs> yeah. well, well, no, it's just it's not that you're free. It's that you understand we're in this together. I mean, we're yeah, yeah. you're trying no, to benefit yeah. off of it. We're trying to benefit off of it. And yeah. you're, I mean, that yeah. store that charges that money, they do very well. They had Margaret Atwood in their store a couple weeks what? ago. Yeah. Wow. And wow. yeah, I mean, they're, they're pulling in big <laughs> authors because the big publishers are, oh, 175. Yeah, that's nothing. But yeah, I mean, yeah. they're basically saying we don't want to have to pay our staff and, and our electricity bill for hosting your event. So yeah. And, yeah. I, mean, I, right. I can understand where they're coming from, but you guys, you're you're yeah. really about building community. You're really about building these partnerships, and that's why I really love working with you guys. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, the feelings mutual. Yeah, feelings no, mutual. we're like you said, we're in this together. <laughs> we, uh, we we really are. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fight Amazon. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Fight the man. We're saying that name is the website that must not be named. The website that must not be. Exactly. Yes. When did yeah. Amazon, you know, take over the Death Eaters? What? Is going <laughs> <on here? laughs> I don't. I don't. They're listening right now. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you, Paulo Sierra, Karen Coco of Walls of Books. 
And thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, kids. Thanks, Paul. Uh, yeah, Walls. it's awesome. It's appreciated very, very much. And uh, wallsofbooksdc.com. And you can find it at facebook.com. Uh, do you have? It's Walls of Books DC. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, website. Yeah. Periscope. Yeah. Periscope. That's yes. right. <laughs> all right, check them out. And we, we talk about them all the time, so you will find, can find links to them from any of the AS21 pages, including on our partners page at AS21.com. All right, thank you very much for joining us. This has been a fantastic discussion, and you guys are the best. Thanks, thank guys. you. Thank you both. Thank you all. <laughs> thank you guys very much. <laughs> okay, that wraps it up for this May 2017 edition of the Publish Me podcast, Chapter 26 bookstore events with Pablo Sierra and Karen Coca of Walls of Books in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much to Pablo and Karen for joining us tonight. That was that was a fantastic talk. We could keep talking for hours. I feel like we talked for at least two hours just now, and hopefully it's not that long once I'm done editing, but it was overall a good event, so thank you to Karen and Pablo. Thank you guys so much. I, I learned so much from you guys. It was greatly appreciated, guys. Thank you again. Next month, Chapter 27, we will be live at the Gaithersburg Book Festival, which is taking place on May 20th in Gaithersburg, Maryland. You'll have me, you'll have Rana, you'll have Corey. We'll be reporting live from the festival. Corey will be talking about his continued reading of The World of Magi now that he's on to the third segment. And then, of course, we'll bring in Paul for a discussion of that after the fact. But So you'll be hearing some live events at Gaithersburg Book Festival. We'll be walking around talking to readers, talking to other authors. Hopefully we'll have some good content there. And hopefully it won't just be us chasing Waldo because that gets quite boring <laughs> after a while. Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Yeah, there were like four of them walking around last year. It was, I was like, guys, give it up. It's too easy. <laughs> at least make it difficult for us. Yes. So be sure to check us out on Podomatic, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, YouTube, and media.as21.com. Reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash publishpodcast, Twitter at publishpodcast, or email publishpodcast at as21.com. We greatly appreciate your listenership and hope you continue to do so into the future. Thank you. Once again, I am Keith F. Shovlin, Publisher and Chief Creative of AS21 Publishing. As always, I am Paul Dickinson Russell, the author of The Will of the Magi. Remember, friends, where there are thoughts and ideas, there are stories. We'll see you next month. Copyright 2017, AS21 Publishing, LLC. All rights reserved. AS21 Publishing. What do you want your book to be?